Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and I'm bringing to you today a message entitled, The Image Within You, based off of Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 28. So, let us dive into the Word today. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and is supreme over all creation, for through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He, he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God, you were his enemies, separated by him, by your e- from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the suffering of Christ that continue for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in all their, in their relationship to Christ. Amen. Being Christian means living out the image of God within us. Now, growing up can be both beautiful and rough. As a kid, I had a solid home with great with the greatest parents a boy could ever ask for. I had a rocking sister who, though we would fight from time to time, has stuck with me through thick and thin. I had my Bird Casey PD2. Don't get me started on her. Yeah, long story. Uh, my dog's Cookie and Candy. They were my solid rocks growing up. They really were. But we live in a 
broken world and not even a near-perfect household can shield kids from the horrors and pain of life in this world. And so it was the case for me. At home and at church, I was told that God loved me just the way I am, that God created me in his image, and that God had a special purpose for me. In the world, I got called fat when I was thin, told I was a loser, that I was gay, and a whole host of other things. And the sad part is, no matter how much those lies were countered with the truth from my family and my church, over time, I started to believe them. I started to see myself as fat, as a loser, as a nobody. I knew I wasn't gay, but how would I ever have a girlfriend if that was my reputation? Not to mention, the most important part, who cares if I'm gay or not? Why is that something to be made fun of? So as such, I was actually driven further from living into God's image within me because I was listening to all of the lies and allowing my fear to guide me. We can all find ourselves afraid to truly live out God, the image of God within us. Why? Because we are imperfect human beings in a fallen and broken world. We often fail to witness to our faith, preferring to keep our faith silent and private. We do not tend to, keep, to see God's image within us as much as we tend to see God apart from us. So let me ask you this question. What is God's image? What is God's image? What does that mean? This is a theological question that has very little straight answers because it is left open-ended in the Bible. And so there have been vast theological and philosophical debates over what is exactly meant by that Judeo-Christian turn of uh, phrase. If we take a good look at God's creation in Genesis 1, where this particular turn of phrase exists, we will notice that it is surrounded by the following context. God is creative and discerning. God created the world and everything in it, giving each creation its own order and purpose. God is caring, nurturing, compassionate, and merciful. God doesn't just create, but engages with creation and builds a relationship with it. Remember, God saw creation as being ultimately good. God is all-encompassing and holds creation together, meaning that <clears throat> creation exists because it gives God pleasure, and, and therefore God is fully invested in creation. And of course we know that God is love, as it says in 1 John verses four, uh, chapter 4, verses 8. But love, we know that God is love, and love is the essence of God's character. 
So, in essence, being created in God's image means that we are like God. Key word. We are like God. That is not the same thing as saying we are God. Meaning that we were created with the ability to be creative, discerning, caring, nurturing, compassionate, merciful, all-encompassing and or inclusive, fully invested in relationships with love as the essence of our character. Of course, though God calls us to, we all know that we do not fully live up or fully live into the character of God. We often fail to be as creative, discerning, caring, nurturing, compassionate, merciful, all-encompassing, and or inclusive, fully invested in relationships, and certainly love often is not the essence of our character. Sure, we love, but not perfectly. But Paul testifies that Christ, who is the visible image of the invisible God, holds us along with all creation together. Despite our sin, God loved us to the point of death and through his death and resurrection saved us. In response to our salvation, God calls us to proclaim God's entire message to others. A message Others in the past were not privileged to hear, but we have had the message revealed to us by God. The message that though we cannot save ourselves, God has already saved us. We just need to put our faith in God through Jesus Christ. Why does God call us to proclaim this? Because, as Paul says, God wants us to know and I quote, that the riches and glory of Christ are for, end quote, all of God's people, not just a select group. And God has invited us into that understanding and the mission to spread the good news. Paul then moves on to tell us the big secret the big secret. Now, listen in, because this is a really big secret. Christ resides or lives within us. I'll say that again. Christ resides or lives within us. That's right. The perfect image of God is within us. <coughs> Excuse me. While we were sinners, Imperfect at every level, Christ was born and lived a sinless life, lived as a human being, as a human being was truly created to be. And this secret knowledge not only gives us the assurance of sharing in God's glory, but here's the paradox, here's the kicker. It's not secret at all. It is out in the open for everyone to take, accept, and apply. Hence why Paul paradoxically says that it is with this knowledge we have 
that we, quote, tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ, end quote. Meaning, the secret is no secret at all. Rather, it is a revelation. Have you ever considered the fact that as a Christian, Christ is actually residing within you through the Holy Spirit? How does this revelation change the way you look at your relationship with God? In what ways does this cause you to reflect on your witness as a Christian? How has Christ been calling you to grow deeper in your faith and as a witness to the image within you? As a congregation, how have we witnessed, or in whatever congregation you might be a part of, how have you witnessed to the image within us as the body of Christ? And think of the various ways, uh, you know, for those of you who have, are a part of, of, um, of the church I serve, think of the various ways we have witnessed. And, it, and if you're not a part of my church, think of the various ways your church has witnessed. But in the terms of my church, think of the various ways we've witnessed since I've been the pastor here. Through our talented musicians and our music ministry, such things as our worship and our worship-centered unity choir concerts, coffee house, and open mics. We've witnessed to God through that. We've witnessed to God through a 70-plus year charter, probably nearing 80, of the Boy Scouts of America and other youth-oriented programs and ministries. Through our Treasures of Hope ministry and our Support of the Weekend Bag program, Sussex Food Pantry, through our participation in and hosting the no More Whispers Mental Health Awareness Campaign through Newton Medical Center, through our presence in the community during vigils, protests for peace and justice, and even as the Hogwarts Choir of Singing Frogs on Spring Street during WizardCon. We've been so out there in the community in the past and witness to who we are as a loving community, witness to who Christ is as a loving Lord and Savior. But let me ask this. In what ways have we struggled as a congregation or in your context as a congregation to witness to, to the image within us? In what ways have we struggled to witness to the image within us? How have we been selective in what we participate in or entitled or less than willing to serve when we find ourselves doing so. There are plenty of ways in which we can and should reflect on our weaknesses, not to wallow in them, but as a way of growing in our faith and in our witness. Friends, the truth is that we are all in this together. We really are friends and together we can grow in both our faith and in our witness to the image of the invisible God within us. Amen? Amen. Let us pray.
Gracious and loving God, I thank you and praise you for this message, which is filled with hope and inspiration, but also challenging, Lord, because you're calling us to be a reflection of who you are so that others in us may see you acting in their lives and in the world around us. We thank you, Lord, and praise you for guiding us in such a direction where we may grow more faithful in our servitude to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I just want to thank you uh, again for tuning in to uh, you know, this week's message. Uh, it is always a pleasure to bring these to you and to, to write them. And I hope you got as uh, much out of it as I do uh, delivering it and writing it. And honestly, I, I, I learned just as much uh, uh, in that process uh, than, you know, as, as anybody else does. So again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, check out the episode notes. If this is your main, uh, you know, spiritual uh, sustenance for the week, then consider uh, giving at the links in the uh, episode notes. Uh, our, our church certainly could uh, use the support and you would be uh, helping to further along the kingdom of God here in Newton and beyond. If this is supplemental and you attend another community, by all means, uh, give to them. They need it as much as we do. And uh, in all things, you know, uh, of course, if you're willing to give to both of us, none of us will complain. We'll both be appreciative. But in any way that you can, give with a joyful heart, for uh, the Lord calls us to be a giving community. Remember, friends, in all things, remember that you're you're richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others. Amen.